Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after-shows. For over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hi, everybody! Welcome to The Ultimate Fighter Season 21 here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Suri Serrato. And what an episode this week we have for you. But before we delve into that episode, let me introduce to you my co-host sitting next to me, Jared Gilkerson. Oh, you almost made the classic mistake. I did. I almost Wilkerson. I'm Jared Gilkerson. Yes. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) We're happy you're here. I'm glad I didn't do that. (laughs) And across the table, they've been dancing up a storm already. Jay Tan. (laughs) Say hello. Um... Why do I always do this? I was going to say, we got the band back together. Actually, tying it together with dancing. We're here, guys. Yeah. All four of us, finally. The whole group. We We missed you last week. Yeah, two-week hiatus for uh, for the whole combo. Voltron, back together. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Just showing that geekness right there. That was awesome. And to your left, Alexis Torres. Hello. I missed everybody. I'm glad (laughs) that we're all here. What What was that dance you were doing? I don't know what I was doing. It was jazz hands. Um, it's Felipe's defense. It's, just, it's called working. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> there you go. Everyone's very excited to be here and yes. talk about week eight. That's right. Yes. We're chugging along. That's right. And I'm excited. Yes. I'm are. excited because we have a new way to listen to our fans. Uh, we always love when you tweet and comment. You know, we, I have a few YouTube comments I'd like to uh, harp on it, as well a little it. later. Yes. But uh, we do read them, actually. Uh, just, now you can take a survey on podcastone.com. Your responses help make the show the very best it can be. It only takes about three minutes to fill out. So you can tell us how you really feel about us. You know, how much you uh, hate seeing me back on the show or hate <laughs> seeing any of us back on the show. Well, no hating. We love the hate. We, we like the hate. <laughs> And uh, so take the survey, podcast1.com. Keep the tweets and yes. all the comments coming our way. Yes. Do it. I love it. That's Absolutely. The, we will it. read everything and we will respond. I was going to say, that's the point of an interactive show and that's the, the joy of the internet. Absolutely. Totally. What's the internet? Most of it. Well, the interweb. <laughs> Let's, um, joining us in a little bit, we have Mr. Haider Hassan. So I'm very returning champion returning. in a manner yes. of speaking. Yeah, so he'll be joining us shortly. But first, let's get into this episode. Um, you know, right now at the beginning of the show, of course, it's Black Zillions at 200 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. American Top Team at 50. Uh, as everybody mentioned in the episode, Dana and Dan Lambert, it's desperation time mm-hmm. for American Top Team. And uh, so right off the bat, Black Zillions choose Felipe Portella because he's kind of the only guy left that hasn't fought. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And also just the man with the mustache. Right, the man with the mustache. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Were you guys surprised by who they chose or not? It's just all a crap shoot. No, you know, I wanted to go back and look. I think, um, I may be forgetting, and it's on the Black Zillion side, but have we seen Carrington Banks fight yet? Yeah. We have? Yeah. Okay. And he fought the close one against, uh, shoot. Back to the notes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Not the right notes. I am all up here somewhere, but he, he won a very close fight. He won yeah. three rounds early mm-hmm. on. It yeah. was, you're right, week four, yeah. defeating Saba Homasi yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, by decision. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the only one left, so they announced it right in the locker okay. room. They're right. like, go and for it. American Top Team uh, later on had said that they had guessed that was going to be him. Yeah. I think mm. both teams guessed who they picked, chose, yeah. because obviously uh, American Top Team chose Haider Hassan and yeah. um, pulled and out a big gun. Crazy Steve already out, and he didn't get the fight, so I guess with eight eight guys were in the eighth week, makes yeah. sense that somebody was going to go double on the yeah. ATT side. I mean, they could have gone with a, with a, a newbie, but right. at that point they needed points. Desperate. I think it would have been really dumb for them to, to pick yeah. a newbie, just saying, yeah. straight up. Do you guys like that they chose Hyder? Yeah. Yes. Would you have Jay? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's the only one that's proven, uh, proven, uh, proven his worth. Bad way of putting it, but he's the only one that's been successful so yeah. far. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it made sense that with the Black Zillions being on such a roll. Now, if they weren't, they might have gone back to the same guy again, as ATT is doing with uh, uh, with Hyder. Nailed it, by the way. Yeah, I'm ATT. so proud of you. Now you're funny. just going to mess it up. So I can see, you know, the Black Zillions, the, the fact that they're running the table right now, yeah, give the last guy who hasn't had a fight, put him on, of course, yeah. And plus, with Hyder, his fight was so short against Naka, mm-hmm. he, he had plenty of. I mean, he could go oh, again. Yeah. So yeah. you know, send him back in there. You need points. Send your man in there. Mm-hmm. There was a tremendous amount of buildup throughout this whole episode leading up to this fight. Do mm-hmm. you think it was because there's not a whole lot else going on, or that, yeah. you know, did they? What are you? What was your take on that? There's not a lot of storyline right now, huh? And there's and there's no need for drama because technically everybody's fought and with uh, ATT uh, <laughs> being kind of down in the dumps. Is, I don't know if there's a better term for it, but the fact that they're already kind of feeling like they, you know, that there's no hope at one point. There kind there's no need for drama. Everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah, it's and not like you're going to have two two sides button heads in the house saying we're better. No, we're better because one guy goes. Look how we're doing, buddies. Yeah, you yeah. could though. I mean, with yeah. egos, you know what I mean. Getting mm-hmm. involved, obviously they didn't. Otherwise, they yeah. would have shown it. Yeah. So they had a little drama with the beginning with Black Zane celebrating the in the hot tub, and then inside, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, I think it was a young guy from Week One, um, who I'm, I'm just forgetting names today Lawrence. completely um, from Ohio. The you know. The guy, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I'm talking about for ATT. He was like, oh, they act like they won the Super Bowl out there. And it's like, well, they kind of are. And they're in the middle. Yeah, Graves. And they're kind of are in the middle of winning the Super Bowl. So there was a little bit of in-house stuff. But this fight kind of wrote itself because of they fought before. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, too, is that there's most of the beef seems to be between the coaches more so than the fighters. Well, yeah. When you're in that house, and this is the 21st season, all these guys know the formula, and they've got to live together, so there's only going to be so much uh, button pushing, you know? Yeah. And on top of that, it's two, it's one team versus another. It's not 16 guys going against each other the whole mm-hmm. time. So it, it would stand to reason that there's you're going to see a lot more of the kids playing nice and the parents getting into it, which, quite <laughs> frankly, at this point, I want to see. I want, I want Dan and Glenn to just have one episode all themselves. I like, in do? a white room, lock them together, really? and one camera shoot just going back. No and way, maybe I want to put them in the ring. Or that as well. Yeah, really? the more the merrier. I think it'd be funny to watch them go out of it at the same time, also kind of dangerous, but still. <laughs> yeah. Very dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. We had a lot of that early on, and I was like, I can only take a few minutes of it. It just would go on. You know, it's like, it's like two 10-year-olds fighting on a playground. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit That's of a mixed true. bag, because now because you kind of want drama between the fighters, but it's, you're not it has to be You're real. not going to get them. But yeah. then there is drama between the coaches, but you don't want to be oversaturated because they're not the... Right. They kind of are the... Like, the gyms are... It's supposed to be the stars, so it's kind of a mix right now. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean... Uh, I think the last two weeks, though, that we've seen boosted 
the fights have been great. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that's the show. That's yeah. the show. Everyone looks forward to the last half. Yeah. That's the action. Well, let's get in uh, quickly to to uh, the fight before we sure. before Hyder joins us. Yeah. Round one. Uh, how about immediately? Um, Felipe go, taking you know taking him down and oh, going did. for that takedown. I mean, I was surprised mm-hmm. by that. I got up out of my seat. I was like, yes, <laughs> I did not expect that. I was super excited because I was like, okay, he's not gonna take no for an answer. He's gonna go for it. And yeah. then the rest of as the fight kind of went on. I was like, oh, you're just taunting. That's all you're. That's Felipe all you're doing. You are not just doing that. You were very vocal watching this Obviously, fight. Obviously, I can't. I have to keep it down to a certain <laughs> level because these guys saw me when I was watching the fight. She was one of the cornermen. I and mean, this real. Several months after the fight was taped. <laughs> and on TV, it. no less. It's not like anyone can hear you there. You would have thought it was live. Yeah. yeah, I was so mad. Mm-hmm. But I'm, 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 I'm changing it into TV personality, Alexis, <laughs> and I, I was upset. Share what you thought during round one because you had lots of opinions. I just I just didn't understand. I was really proud of Felipe because I felt like he was really putting in uh, in the beginning. I thought he really put up a fight, and I was like excited because I was like, okay, this maybe he could win it. And then all of a sudden, I started to notice he started to slow down. He became flat footed, and then all of a sudden, just he was doing a lot of this and a lot of this, and his yeah. backhand, which and he was we, losing, and he was losing, he was, getting, he was getting his booty kicked. And the bad thing is, the the one thing that they showed from the, the the previous fight that they had together is that his backhand always drops every single time when he's kicking or if he's leaning. And the bad thing is, you can't do that. That's how he got knocked out in the first place. But he did mm. not change that. And I was kind of, uh, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure if Hyder did see it. I mean, eventually in round two he did, but in the first round he didn't. So I didn't know if that just, that whole, him shooting for his hips, I didn't know if that just threw off his game in the first round. Old habits die hard there. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was, so Hassan Hyder uh, won 18 to 9, what was it? Majority decision. It was 2018. Uh, sorry. 2018. 2018. 19, yeah. So yeah. two judges scored it for Hyder, one judge scored it a draw. Uh-huh. Um, and we, we can talk about the scoring in, in a bit. But to me, this was Hyder all the way. Yep. Definitely 2018. Um, he, he beat him in the striking game. Felipe had a strategy to go for takedowns early and I think it was brilliant that he shot for that first one and mm-hmm. came really close to it. Um, or m- might have actually got it, but Hyder uh, was up you know, yep. almost instantly. Um, but after that, he didn't have a B strategy. He went for a couple takedowns. Hyder was shucking him off, no problem. And after that, it's it's like... It seemed like his mind went blank, and he didn't know what else to do, and so he was... Besides taunt. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you're taunting, guys, when you're taunting in a fight, make sure you're winning the fight yep. at least, okay? Yep. Nobody else out there is Nick Diaz besides Nick Diaz. Only <laughs> Nick Diaz can do that, guys. Everybody else, stop that. Get really good first, and then start to I mean, taunt your guy. It wouldn't have bothered me as, as much as if he was... Instead of using his hands doing this, I needed him to start actually landing mm-hmm. something. That was the main thing that I had a problem with, because I've... Uh, even though yes, I've I've not I've not been in a lot of fights uh, in, at this level, but even I know and I teach kids who are three years old, do not drop your hands. Mm. Period. And the fact that he he's uh, a professional and he can't even get that out of his system is a problem. Me personally, I, I think the taunting was more for him. him. Because he got knocked out in the previous fight. Yeah. And it was kind of more for, okay, the punches aren't hurting me. I need to show him this. It was kind of a nervousness. Yeah. Um, it didn't bother me as much, but he was. it was still a stupid move. Yeah. Uh, but Hyder's was landing the cleaner, more effective yep. strikes. By all means. Felipe's punches were powder puff. Like, they were just kind of show-me punches for rain. Like, he, he wasn't mm-hmm. trying to do damage. The kicks were, were nice yeah. to Hyder's legs and the knees when he had him in the, against the cage early. Mm-hmm. So I thought the first half of the first round... I actually kind of had it 
this could go either way. Yeah. About two and a half, three agree. minutes in. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as they broke, oh, uh, yeah. Hyder was just teeing off. More, more mm-hmm. action, and they were hitting more cleanly. So yeah. it yeah. was uh, it was an all Hyder round. Round two. Here we go. <laughs> I don't even have round notes. Two. I literally, you know apart from, not just a broad general round two, because we have Hyder on very in a few minutes, mm-hmm. um, I know that we wanted to discuss the cage oh, yeah. grabbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, you know, he grabbed the cage twice, and you had some excellent points. That, you know, that was that. the other side. That definitely did play a role into it. So early in the round, early in round one, uh, Felipe gets... Uh, He's got. He's clinching him, uh, clinching Hyder up against mm-hmm. the cage. I saw a groin strike pretty blatantly, and the referee was in position. Maybe his eye was, was not directly on on the two bodies, which it should have been. But um, if I was that referee, I mean, you should have been able to see the groin strike, and it looked like it went right up the middle there. Mm-hmm. And Hyder's uh, reaction: a little bit of his back was against the cage. He reached for the cage a bit and <clears> was <throat> complaining openly to the referee. But the mm-hmm. referee waved it off and which said, I was you know, surprised by. Yeah, I was too because. To me, as blatant as that strike was, technically you do have to stop the yep. fight, mm-hmm. check to make sure. Even though Hyder was, he was just complaining about it. He wasn't actually; it didn't seem like he was hurt. You know, no. he's like, "Hey, dude, my groin's hit." You know, um, so there was that cage grab, but it didn't really affect the rest of the uh, the rest of the the action there. And on top of right. that, I can understand if I'm Hyder and I'm expecting the ref to break it because of the groin strike, sure. I would grab the cage yeah. to catch my balance so I don't right. fall over. Right. Uh, but but action continued. Later on, we saw a second uh, uh, a second cage grab, which mm-hmm. definitely did affect uh, the takedown. Felipe was dragging him down for for a takedown, uh, and Hader grabbed Hader grabbed the cage. The referee did warn him, uh, and that was that was audible. Now I have the notes here. I have the unified rules, which I can or, or can't read. Look that. at you. It's for another project. But uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, guys, these are the unified rules. Uh, as written by um, Nick Limbo, uh, sorry, not Nick, I take that back, but Big John McCarthy and several others involved with the uh, uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission and um, Jeff Platnick as well. May he rest in peace. Here's the deal with a groin, or with a foul, especially involving grabbing the fence. If a fighter is caught holding the fence, cage, or ring rope material, the referee shall issue a one-point deduction from the offending fighter's scorecard if the foul caused a substantial change in position, such as the avoidance of a takedown. My girls are taking notes here. As if I feel like that. I missed something. I'm yeah. Um, <laughs> it definitely did affect the change. He did not, Hyder did not get pulled to the ground because of that. Right. The referee, by, by the letter of the law here, should have deducted a point. Yeah. Now, what I find fascinating is traditionally, and you know, you can speak to this as well, we don't, um, in, in combat sports, a lot of times, most. Uh, in situations like this, somebody will get a warning first, then a one-point deduction. Right. Uh, that first fence grab during the groin strike, yeah, did not get a warning, which I kind of understand. Um, the action kept going. This one did get a warning. So depending on whose rules you play by, if it's the letter of the law of the unified rules here or the way that referees traditionally uh, uh, often you know, ha- handle the, the rules and stuff in the cage... Then he might not have. He might have or might not have gotten uh, a one point deduction by this, by the rules on the paper. Yeah. He should have, which would have made the round a nine nine, uh, probably across the board, and um, and then it, w- it would have somewhat affected the scores to be. What did we say it was? It would have been twenty. Well, nineteen eighteen on the first on one round. Yeah, nineteen. 
1918. It depends on what each... You don't know what each judge did that first round. Because for me, if he takes him down, maybe he gets... Uh, position that's and he gets yeah. some strikes. Yeah. He yeah. wins around, so then it's ten eight. Yeah. So you don't know. That's kind of where the discrepancy is. You don't yeah. know with the deduction and the offensive position that Felipe would have been in. Yeah. Uh, what it could have done. I wonder what's behind the scenes. You and know, he reached not to mention Bisping made a point at one point. Uh, Hassan early in the match went purposely to go grab the cage. He did, and then and went off. So it made mm-hmm. me think that he was really. I mean, he was really looking for that cage. I think the referee hmm. really missed it. But yeah, that was three grabs. Well, he looks like it. He didn't grab it there, and that's kind he, of an he grabbed thing. it and he went. Oh wait, I can't do that. Yeah, and that was a third. T- I mean, that was the first of three in the same round. It just looked like he was looking more than most fighters. Yeah, I I agree with that. We could discuss this for yeah. a while. I was gonna say well, we, we definitely could discuss this for a while. But first, um, before we continue on, I got to tell you guys about something super cool and exciting. Um, that you can now apply for to Dance Battle America, ABC's newest competition special from our very own After Buzz TV founder and e-host Maria Menounos, and of course Julianne Huff of Dancing with the Stars fame. They uh, during the holiday seasons over the last couple of years, I don't know if you guys have all seen it. Julianne and Maria have engaged in a fearsome dance battle fierce. via so yes. That's fearsome here. It, it was it fierce. It was fierce. Uh, dance battle via social media, which is actually really fun. If you guys have never seen it, you have to. You have to. I, I'm always tuning in. Once the challenge took off, celebrities like Kate Hudson and uh, Amber Riley joined in, and the dance battle craze began. So um, now everybody in America can battle out and have a chance to fly to L.A., and compete on the dance show. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. If you want the chance to dance on network television, go to dancebattleamericacasting.com for more information on how you could submit your video. And don't forget to also post it on social media using hashtag dancebattleabc. Do you think they're looking Fun. for like real dancers, serious ones that can battle, or go- no, it's goofs like me? It can be anybody. It's anybody, anybody. Yeah, yeah, because because I'll make a dance. You didn't submit me. your video yet. <laughs> we we could do I'm one ourselves. Learning about we could submit the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We could definitely do one. Um, I was doing it earlier. Yeah, yeah. See it? you that were was, you were doing something Felipe's over there. Defense. I don't know. I'm telling you, it's Felipe's defense. What? I know. Doing something. There are some ugly ones in the fight sport too. Downhill here. Guys, Jared, Jared, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get it. No, it's really fun what they do. I don't, you got to mm-hmm. Google. It's I really awesome. Yeah. yeah, I got yeah. invited to one of them and I I missed it. That's dope. <laughs> <laughs> do we have Hyder on the line? Just checking to make sure. No, no we could jump in round two. Okay, no problem. Yes, please. Yeah, let's well, get, let's, let's continue. Talk, yeah, I mean, fight. for me, the second round was was more of the same. Uh, I saw it across the board that Hyder won both rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Felipe, I just I feel badly that after that A strategy went out the window that there was nothing else he could put together. He did get a nice uh, big takedown in the mm-hmm. last 10 seconds of the, the whole match, but um, Hyder got up again, and it just these takedowns weren't enough to to give him points. Technically, he got many more takedowns than Hyder, who didn't even try for that. Um, but if you, you get a takedown and you don't do anything with it and the guy is up really fast, it's like it didn't happen. It's like the tree in the forest. didn't happen, you know? Hyder seems like a beast to me. I know that you guys have different opinions on him, especially no. this guy right here. No. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I completely agree with you. I feel like that he's, I think he's the strongest out of of uh, American top team. I had to catch myself. There. There you I go. said it. Nailed it. Um, but, and I feel like he can go really far. 
personally. Mm-hmm. I think that he's a really great fighter. I even told that to him the last time we interviewed him that I thought that he's just strong in mm-hmm. general. I just was ups- I, I kind of wish that there was more of a fight since it was a rematch. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I understood that Felipe is a different fighter than he was back then in those past videos, but I, I don't know if he really had a game plan, which we talked about. Felipe? Yeah. Well, felt, which, oh, sorry, Jerry. No, 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 go ahead. Really quick, I, which I'm surprised by because they did have footage. They did say they yeah. went over the footage of their prior fight, you know, previous yeah. fight. Yeah. They had that to go off of, which to study and kind of come up with a game plan. They showed Hyder doing that. Yeah, and so. and I feel like Hyder was a little bit more prepared for it, me personally, but they also didn't show what Felipe did, you know, to prepare for that, besides the fact that he said that I'm a different fighter, you know, I know better. That was in the past. That was in the past. And I'm like, I feel like you didn't, I mean, not completely change, but there was moments where I felt like I was watching the old Felipe. You know what I mean? It was still a better fight for him than the first time they fought. Obviously, I mean, he got his, you know, his block knocked off. Yeah. Um, I think he really missed a real opportunity because they said you have to set up your takedowns, hit him with strikes. He hit him with more effective strikes in the second round, finally. He was hitting him with a good jab. Uh, and he takes him down or close to taking him down with 10 seconds left. He could have done that. You know, with two minutes left, because yeah. I really think Hyder oh, yeah. was getting hit with some good shots, and he had an opportunity to take him down again. Cornerman uh, was complaining about that too, like going for a takedown and going jujitsu in the last ten seconds. Yeah, you don't do that. There's no time to cook yeah. the guy. He was close, and but then, but Hyder again, more effective shots. So yeah, eh, another round for Hyder. Do we have Hyder Hassan on the phone now? You there? What's up, guys? How are you? How hey, are you? there you are. How is training? I know you just finished. Uh, yeah, I literally just got off the mat 30 seconds ago. I apologize for the, for the missed call. I, uh, I'm in the zone right now, so it's, um, you know, time, time's, time's a ticking. I, I got uh, about three and a half weeks left uh, of, of training and uh, man on a mission right now. We love it. All sweaty and... I love it. I love it. Well, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to, to talk with us for sure. I have a, a real quick question. Um, and it's kind of random, but they, when you, when they showed you on your march out to this fight on your right hand, you had a black and white mini little scarf wrapped around your wrist. What is that for? What does it represent? Um, it's actually a blessed scarf. It's from one of the holy shrines um, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's a blessed scarf. Uh, it's for protection. Um, I actually I received it from my wrestling coach, uh, Kami Barzini. He's uh, he's 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 Iranian, um, and his mother came and visited. Um, she she gave him a, a few a few scarves that were blessed, and uh, Kami uh, gave me one. And um, I always bring it out. I bring, always bring it out to me when, when I fight. I have it wrapped around me, and it's just another layer layer of uh, security, another another layer of uh, comfort uh, that makes me feel protected when I fight. I love that. I had to ask it because I noticed Certainly it. Certainly did the I, trick on this match, man. Yeah, seriously. I didn't even notice that. So good eye on that one. Mm. I was like, oh, I thought that was just a tell. That's just me. <laughs> um, so I want to know because it definitely took me by surprise. It's Alexis, by the way. Um, what was your your thoughts after uh, obviously when the fight started? and Felipe just was shooting right at you at that point uh, to go for the takedown. I really want to know what your what your reaction was or what you were Honestly, thinking. I was, uh, I was he, he, he timed the takedown uh, really, really well. Um, 
he did really what he did he did a good job but you know for me i'm actually really upset with my performance i give, I give myself a c minus um actually i went into that fight with a dislocated rib I, you know that the, the, the time difference between my first fight and my second fight was nine days um i dislocated Jeez. my rib uh in the, in the naka fight and uh so i wasn't able to train i wasn't even supposed to fight this fight um uh, but when uh when nate uh, when Nate lost his fight to Vicente, we were, we were, we were, we were in a do or die situation. If Nate had won, then Steve Carl was going to fight. But since Nate lost, um, oh, we, there. are you guys still there? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got you. Um, but since Nate lost, then, then, um, you know, I already had, I already had made the mental preparation that I was going to fight whether we won or lost. Um, so I already had started my diet. You know, I, I never got off my diet. So I was, I was ready, focused. And I knew once the door closes, you don't feel anything anyway. So it didn't really affect how I fought, but it affected my preparation for the fight. Um, so it was just one of those things that I knew he got really good timing on the takedown. So my initial response was, okay, escape my hips, get back up, and uh, go punish him. How did you dislocate the rib against Naka? I, I, I didn't see anything that stood out in the fight. Actually, it happened uh, before the fight. Actually, it happened in the locker room. Uh, I was stretching, and uh, my rib popped. You know, by at this point, I already had been in camp for 12 weeks uh, before the show even started. And uh, I came. I, I, my my fight versus Felipe Portello was October 31st of uh, 2014. Um, and as soon as that fight was over, I took one week off, and I was right back in the gym. And then, uh, so I think it was just wear and tear on my body. Um, you know, and, and the culmination of the hard training during the the show itself. So um, I just think it was wear and tear. I, I, I wasn't getting I wasn't getting the, the necessary uh, massage, you know, to keep your muscles and everything uh, loose and fresh. I was just grinding hard, and it was just one of those things that it was just it was wear and tear. I know that feeling because I have a dislocated rib as well from a not not from a fight, but. Um, uh, from just training, and it was just it was just a really bad takedown. But now, if I even if I like yawn in a certain way, oh, wow. I can dislocate it every single time, and it's the worst. Oh, so you're, you're keeping that as a souvenir, then? <laughs> That's okay. pretty much how that works. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. Um, yeah, you're. T- oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but the other thing I also wanted to ask about, since it was a rematch, um, I know that we did get a glimpse of uh, of you guys in uh, at. American Top Team uh, gym trying to prep for this this fight. What did you actually, like, mentally, physically, like, what did you actually prepare for now this rematch that was pretty big for you? Um, as far as the rematch, I just kind of uh, studied, you know, his uh, his basic tendencies, you know, what he likes to do, what he likes defensive, what he likes to do defensively, what he likes to do offensively. I had just fought him uh, pretty much three months ago. Um, so it wasn't... Um, it was just it was just me refreshing his tendencies, and honestly, I didn't really care what he wanted to do. It was just me going out there and executing my game plan, and that was uh, that was my mission. Now, in the first match, you only had him you uh, TKO'd him in, in like two, I think uh, three and a half minutes or so, the first round. Um, so there wasn't probably a, a whole lot of time really to kind of gauge between that match and this one. But did you notice any differences between the first and the second match? Um, I, I did. He, you know, he he was uh, he had a better defensive uh, defensive guard because uh, he was wary of my power. So he covered up really well. And I made a mistake. I should have gone. You know, uh, I should have gone to the body uh, with my punches. I should have gone head body, then back upstairs. So head body head 
and that opened up my headshots. I would have landed more flush, um, and I probably would have knocked him out. But that's what that's why I had a really great learning experience. You know, now that guys that are aware of my power, so they're going to cover up well to keep their chin nice and tucked. So that's when I really have to incorporate, you know, ripping the body, then coming back upstairs, and that that should open up my holes. I want to get into this cage business because oh. it was a huge <laughs> moment last night, especially with Glenn complaining for the BZs. Uh, he was really angry about the ref only giving one warning, and I and I somewhat agree with with Glenn Hyder. Uh, I think that I I saw at least twice where you grabbed, and uh, there was a third time early on in the fight where you mentioned on Tough Talk where you I think Bisping said you went for the cage and then you you let go right away. But I saw more more cage grabs from you than anyone else. Uh, so what do you think when Glenn is complaining and the other team is complaining about that you should be docked a point? Um, honestly, I only grabbed the cage I think one time, and that was for maybe, maybe it was twice. But the second time was like, like I, my my hand just basically pawed it. Uh, I did grab the cage once, which was 100% unintentional. Um, but honestly, at this point, the Black Zillions are they're looking for excuses. Um, I'm 4-0 against the, against their team. My my last four fights of my career has been against the Black Zillions, um, and uh, I'm, I'm three. I have three KOs and uh, one decision against them. Um, so they're looking for excuses. When I knocked out Nakahara, Glenn said, oh, Hyder got lucky. that he'll that, nine, nine out of ten times, uh, Naka would win. So um, no matter what I did, they would look for an excuse uh, why they lost, why they, why, why they should have won. So I don't take anything they say uh, serious. You know, I let it go in one ear and out the other. And um, I'm not a dirty fighter. You know, I'm all skills. And uh, – that the, the cage grab was it was an unintentional situation. Um, you know, like I said during the show, Portella need me in the need me in the nuts uh, right before that, and I didn't complain about it. You know, I I knew he did it unintentionally. It was just in the heat of the moment, um, and I kept on fighting. And that was the same thing with uh, with my situation grabbing the cage. It, it was extremely unintentional. It was maybe a second, two seconds at most, and um, you know. If I if I if I could have not done it, I would have not done it. But I, I honestly, I during the fight, I don't even remember doing it. It was it was such we were in such a high paced scramble that I don't even remember it happening until I saw the review. Hmm. Speak really quick. Speaking of Black Zillions and Glenn, at the weigh-ins, it shows you um, hugging him before, as as it was all over. What's your relationship with Glenn like? Um, he actually has a lot of respect for me. Um, you know, he he. he before we started the Black Zillions, we were we, we were uh, we had a really good relationship. I, I still think we have a good relationship. Uh, every time I see see him, he pays me a lot of respect. Um, you know, obviously he's talking he's talking some trash about me behind the cameras, but you know I, I understand why he has to do that because um, he can't be like, oh yeah, Hyder's the man. He, he's going to demoralize my entire team and just kill everybody. Uh, <laughs> So I, you know, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. This is a television show; um, they have to edit a lot of things. You know, actually, Glenn gave me a bunch of hugs throughout the season. Um, this is actually the first hug that they showed. Um, so, but I didn't know he was talking smack about me until uh, until I started watching the show. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, this is a show that I really, I honestly, I don't take anything personally. Um, you know, he has to – he's building his brand and his brand is the Black Zillion. So right now I'm in the way of his brand. Um, so he's going to say what he needs to say uh, for me to uh, not look good. That's well yeah. said. Sorry. I mean, like, I <laughs> on can't on really the show, it, it really seems uh, – the footage in the house, it seems like you guys get along uh, – the two teams get along pretty well. Um, and I assume 
Are we losing again? Or we still got you? Oh, we might have, we might have, we might have lost him for a second. So we can chit chat amongst ourselves. You chit chat amongst yourselves. You hear us? I think he'll be back. He'll be back in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he explained the cage grab uh, pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even well, he though said I, that on Tough Talk, he said exactly that on. I know. Yeah, he grabbed it three times though. Twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. 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 I'll go back and count. I'll watch the tape. I'll be here all day. I'll watch yeah. the tape. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to hear from you, and by the fans, way, oh how many God. times he grabbed. And the third time wasn't earlier in the match. That would have been technically the first time. Here, <laughs> if there was a three, here's what but I gotta there say. Wasn't. I don't think it's. Yes, Jay, I agree with you. <laughs> I don't think it's dirty. I don't. I don't right. think it's. See, that, that's the that's the thing. Some people say. I don't think it's dirty. I don't think it's don't dirty. I would. I would grab the cage all day if I wasn't going to get Doctor Point. Wait, it's instinct. It's instinct of your human body. It's science. Yeah. You're falling backwards. You You're go and grab something. Yeah. It's not dirty. It's not yeah. dirty at all. Sure. But yeah. You just read the rules. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going by what the rules that they made for their I, yeah, league. I, I totally agree because I've, yeah. I've gotten deducted points mm-hmm. in tournaments so, yeah. because I grabbed the cage. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm falling. I'm going to grab onto sure, something. Right. I can't grab onto my opponent. You think I should make, like, some, make it out of something else, another, another I, material? I don't no, know. No, I've always I thought mean, about that. because it's Like plexiglass. They're like... I think I think that another another league should seriously consider making an octagon out of something else than a cage because it's so grabbable. We are going in a whole other. This is a good conversation. This is a good conversation. You know the reason for the cage. uh, One part was uh, was visual. Uh, visual well, yeah, design right. to make it look really tough, but also specifically because of the rules, the way that they were combining wrestling and striking, mm-hmm. it was a safety thing mm-hmm. for people that were facing wrestlers because wrestlers were uh, are, are prone or more talented, mm-hmm. more skilled in throwing guys. Yes. So if you throw guys out of the area, kind of like in sumo dangerous. and the doyo, yeah, really dangerous, yeah. and it's going to be you know the thing is. I don't think it was regulated. No, it wasn't regulated at that yeah. point. But, um, you know, more risk for danger and serious damage if you don't have that cage. Believe it or not, if you go sense. and... Uh, <laughs> they had actually planned some... Uh, Art Davey, who founded the UFC um, and was one part of designing a cage, wanted to put a, a moat all around it. Ooh, what? With, really? yeah, I like it. No joke. It's in the book. Um, Is this legal? You guys, you guys, exactly. Piranhas. Yes, piranhas were part of the plan. He really wanted to go. Couldn't figure out how to do it, so it's not like they really went down that yeah. road, but that was You're going kidding. on. I would watch kidding. that. It, you is this right legal? Now? You guys have heard me plug this book before. Is this legal? It's out on Amazon.com. Nice. Oh my gosh. I'm going to read this The book. story of the very first UFC it is a fascinating right. race. I just think it would have been so funny yeah. to go to matches if they didn't have the cage and just have mm-hmm. wrestlers just be like, Wah! and just like people just flying everywhere. Yeah. I think it would be hysterical. And I don't also just, think that would be funny. <laughs> I, I, would watch I, it. I guess because yeah. I'm such a WWE fan, I'm kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah, get in the chair. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were in a Fergo match. Well, yeah. of course. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying. fire around the ring. I like yeah, it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> what movie is that? The, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. You're making me think of that movie. Come on. Uh, oh, Jennifer oh, Lawrence oh, did oh. a firefighting movie? No, 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 no. I know what no. you're talking about. Crap. Oh, no. What's the name of the series? Come on, Hunger Games. Hunger Games. You just oh. reminded me of, like, you're trying to create some Hunger Games. I would, I would love that. to. Yeah, some, so some nice Running Man-esque. Yeah, I'm like, I, I just think of, like, de- like MTV's Death Battle. Like, that's our celebrity death match. You could get Dan Cortez to host yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just thought it would be really And funny. instead of Reebok clothes, oh, we can give our fighters bags of grain. Yeah. Stuff. So bags right of grain. Yeah. But I don't want to make it seem like I'm harping on... The caging. I just like to really hear exactly from the fighter, and it's and and Bisping. Right. I'm kind of with Bisping. He gave him a hard time about it, 
So it's I want to you know hear an explanation, and I you know that's all. And I still think he should have been docked, and Bisping believes so as well. I mean, he still would have won either way. Well, that like we were talking about earlier, it could have yeah. changed. It could have changed right. changed the momentum the, for Felipe in that yeah, round. He true. could have landed effective strikes while on top mm-hmm. uh, to win the round. So it could or, have been a third round. Well, choke or something. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a question for you guys. What did you, since we all know that Felipe kind of, not, he didn't do like a terrible job, but we know that he kind of didn't put maybe his all into it. Like, what do you guys think that Felipe could have done better for the match? What he do you guys think? Set up his, his takedowns. Okay. He, he mm-hmm. set him up, but then, okay, like in the first round, yeah, yeah. way too many takedowns without yeah. setting it up. In the second round, too many strikes without going for the takedown because mm-hmm. it looked successful later. So that's what I think. Yeah, I, I think takedowns were the key. Just a plan B in general. If he wasn't going to get them, because those, the ones that that Hater was shucking off easily, those were from afar. They were not. They, they weren't set up as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe other strategies to get the takedown or uh, to clinch. And I was even wondering if maybe jumping guard when 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 Hater had him up against the cage. Right. Um, if. Hider. Philippe Hyder, excuse me, yeah. So close. Grab, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, that I'm wasn't kidding. me. Yeah. But if you grab, um, oh if you grab him and then jump guard, which is guys, you know, jumping up in the air, wrapping mm-hmm. your legs around Hyder, yeah. and pulling him to the ground. Now Felipe has to work from bottom to uh, to implement his jujitsu game, but it would have been a different scenario at least than standing up and getting tagged. Throughout the entire cage, you know, it's just it's a different position that maybe Felipe could have gotten something off of. So. Were, were you guys surprised that uh, Hyder didn't knock him out as he did in this prior fight three months earlier? A little bit, yeah, because Hyder he was really busy. His hands were fierce as usual. Um, not uh, as he said. I mean, he gave himself a, a C minus. I would have graded him yeah. a lot better. Yeah, his hands were wild, but mm-hmm. I could see him connecting. Do you think he's as strong as he says he is? He says that his hands are stronger than most men. Well, uh, it's like a very X Men statement. I was gonna say, I was like, that's a bit of a hey, stretch, you know but you know. fighter and some people, you got you got to have that mentality. He would knock me out in a standoff. I know that for sure. <laughs> I, Just eye to eye, I'm going down. Yeah. I accept that. In, yeah. Do you think though guy. the power of his punches are what he? I, I think it's one of his no. biggest assets. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's a heavy hitter for sure. Um, gosh, what's his? Uh, I forgot. His record here six is, and one. Yeah, six and one. I guess. It make, oh no, no, five uh, five KOs or TKOs by. Uh, well, yeah, five five finishes by striking, one decision. So the guy definitely does implement his uh, his hands a whole lot. He's he, in a weird position. Mm. He, he, I, I know that his one loss. I think he was he fought heavier. Mm. I think he was in the one eighties, and I think wow. he's naturally a bigger guy. Yeah. As you can see, Dan said, that, "Oh, he's walking around at like one eighty two. And then the next day, he had to get down to one seventy. I, I don't think he I, he loses a little power, but I think because he's so short. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is he? Five ten, five eleven, five five ten. And so he, I think he's a lot shorter than some other. I mean, not all welterweights, but some of the guys he's like Naka's been tall, and it hasn't yeah. affected yeah. anything. But I think if he he needs to be at one seventy, uh, because then you get guys who can really control the range when you get up to one eighty. Mm-hmm. You know that I I think he needs to stay down there. But I want, I was going to ask him uh, if it was tough for him to to make weight out every week, mm. uh, just because I think he's a naturally bigger guy. Yeah, um, that's but, a good question. You know. I mean, it's true. You can you can see it in his shoulders and a little yeah. bit on this on on his sides as well. So, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with it, but no. for, for what this is, yeah. It a, lot of sense. Time, a lot of times on the show, guys will fight in a weight class higher than they typically do. For example, if he's at 170 now, mm-hmm. after the show, a lot of uh, he would 
some you know by tradition drop down to fifty five. Which mm-hmm. if that's the case, you know with his power. He'd be a monster there. Yeah, he yeah, couldn't, he couldn't stay there. He's 55. not going on the 55. Well, I don't He'd know be emaciated. Could be. <laughs> but Frankie Edgar went down to from 55 to 45. And he was a small 55er there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, Kenny Florian went. He fought yeah. at 85 on the show. Yeah. 45 by the end of his, that his was career. scary. And, you know, was able to do it, you know, in a reasonably healthy way. There's ways of doing it. I don't I know, know if there's that's... ways of doing it. Like, Brendan Chubb's trying to do it, but I think yeah. he's kind of halted that, actually. Yeah. He's yeah. having a very hard time. I right. think he's like kind of almost giving up on it. He hasn't mm-hmm. officially said that, but I think it's it's leaning towards that. Yeah. Don't do the Steve way. Down. Don't do the but, Steve you know, the... uh, I think we have Hyder back on the line. Are you there, Hyder? Sorry, everybody. No, that's okay. We're happy to have you back. Uh, we can't Bye. see you. We can hear you, Bye. though. Can you see me okay? My phone died, so I had to run around the gym looking for oh, <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> Thank you. I apologize. It looks like you just cut another quarter pound, half pound there. Yeah. Nobody, had, nobody had a charger, so I had a, my, my car was like across the parking lot, so I just booked it and uh, charge, it, charge it for a couple of seconds. I love oh, it. I'm back in order. I know Jared has a great question for you. Well, we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, Jay just mentioned, you know, losing weight. And I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your one loss, were you were you fighting heavier then? And also, are you more comfortable, you know, do you carry around a lot more weight? Because to me, you look a lot bigger. You know, you're broad-shouldered. You look like a bigger guy. And so I want to know, I guess it's two parts. Uh, was your loss because of a, a weight issue, do you think? And are, are you comfortable being a little heavier? Um, as far as my first loss, that that first loss came from um, I, I that was me fighting at middleweight. Actually, I had my pro debut um at 185, and uh, I had a nine second in my pro debut at at middleweight, and then I fought at middleweight um my third pro fight, and um, I, I I'm a, I'm a more of, I am I am a stockier guy. That just comes from uh, my my back. I'm playing football and, and wrestling in high school, um. I've always enjoyed weights, so I've I, I was I've been lifting since I was a kid. So I just have that I just kind of have that stockier body frame, and my my dad is built the same way as me. I mean, my dad's sixty five, uh, God bless him, and he's got the he's got legs that look like he's a running back for the Dolphins. You know, I'm from Miami, I'm from Florida, so that's why I say the Dolphins. But, uh, Love but, it. Uh, but as far as my weight, you know, I used to I used to get a lot bigger. I used to walk like around 205 uh, when I first came to ATT because I was trying to um, I was trying to earn my respect. And at the time, being at ATT, the only way you would get work is if um, you had to earn it. And Mm -hmm. um, the only guys that were that were getting coached were like the UFC guys, Strikeforce guys, Elite XC guys. And um, so I had to be bigger because I was getting put against Thiago Silva, you know, Wilson Govea, Hector Lombard. And um, so I had to have a bigger frame because I had to take the punishment of going with bigger guys. Um, but eventually, after improving myself against them, I eventually I was able to um, have coaches to start training me. And that that, that loss that I had, um, that was actually me not having any coaching. All I was doing was sparring and just going out there being an athlete. You know, I didn't learn how to fight until my fourth pro fight. Um, that's when I first actually started getting coached. Um, until then, my, the co- my coaches were other teammates at American Top Team that I would go to war with in sparring. Um, and I would ask them questions. Hey, you hit me with this. Well, how do you work that setup? You know, what do you like to do in this situation? And because I was, I would go to war with them and I would bring it, um, they 
the respect for me and they would show me the ropes. You know, they would show me how to do this, why they like to do this. And then I would go out there and I would just fight. I've always been an athlete. I've always known, I've always been able to punch hard and, and I have always had speed. So that fight that I got, that I fight that I lost, um, you know, I just come off of two knockout victories and it was my first fight on TV. So I let my emotions get to me and uh, I was like, oh, sweet, my first fight. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to highlight real KO this dude. And um, I left myself open and uh, I, I tried a Superman punch, which is re- which is you should never do. You should never want to leave your feet in a fight because uh, once you're in the air, you're in the air. You, you, you have no defense. And uh, that's how that was my mistake. And I also forced the knockout. Um, I'm I'm playing chestnut checkers. It's the same thing in football. What happens when you when you, what happens when a quarterback forces a throw? It gets intercepted, and that's what happened to me. I tried to force a knockout, and I left myself open, and I got clipped, and I got put to sleep in a guillotine choke. Hmm. Will you stay at uh, at welterweight, or do you think that after the season you might uh, go down, or do you feel like um, you made the cut where your body is is at its proper place? No, actually, I'm very comfortable at, at welterweight. I I, uh, I don't I don't get that big anymore. Um, you know, the heaviest I get is 195. Um, right now, right now I'm 190, um, and I'm a month out from the fight. As I get closer uh, to the fight, I'll start chipping away. You know, and the week of the fight, I'll be 180. Um, so that's only that's a very quick 10 pounds that I can do in in a day if necessary. Um, so no, 170 is my weight class. Mm-hmm. I um, I'm, I'm a brute at this. I'm a brute at this weight class. Um, and you need to get like that I said, skills pay the bills. I've said that before. I'll say it again. And uh, I'm a wrecking house for anyone at 170. Right, right. Yep. Um, Proving it. You need to get that call there, or uh, are you good, man? <laughs> I don't think he could hear. It. Um, well, I definitely wanted to talk about since um, you know, since from the, the first match that you had with Felipe to now, um, how did you? Uh, well, obviously you handled the taunting very well, but what was your your thoughts as you were watching Felipe kind of you know throwing his hands up and kind of doing one of these number? You know, oh, you can't see it. Sorry, the Nick Diaz. Yeah, <laughs> just bring it. Yeah. Um, as far as Felipe doing his like his um, you know, throwing his hands in the air and all that stuff. I actually enjoy – I'm someone that really enjoys the emotions of the sport. When I played football, I was the loudest dude on the field. Um, when someone would hit someone, I'd be like, yes, that's how you hit. You know, I, I, I enjoy the emotions of the sport. That's why I enjoy being vocal. That's why I enjoy um, I enjoy talking. I enjoy saying what I'm going to do and then going out and doing it. I enjoy uh, I enjoy putting that added pressure on myself. So when Felipe started getting um, you know animated during the show, mm-hmm. during the fight – when he's when he's when I threw a leg kick and he's like ah it wasn't nothing or when I punched him in the face and he's like ah that didn't hurt me, um I enjoy those emotions I I because it shows to me that he's having fun in the fight um and that's what we're here to do we're here to have fun uh I, I, you know you can't you can't fight if you're not having fun and uh, I've always wanted someone to do that you know I used to watch I watch Nick Diaz and he's like that ain't hurt me what you're this you're that and i'm like oh man i, I hope I, I can't wait till someone does that with me you know <laughs> and uh so it was fun for me i enjoyed i you know i don't i don't i wasn't like oh, i would hit him and he, he shrug it off i knew i was hurting him you know um but you know for me i'm not gonna let emotions get to me because that's what happened to me in the fight that i lost i got too emotional and um and i'll never let that happen. all right jared that's it. I was just going to say, have a Bud Light and celebrate. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Get out. No, no, that was impressive. That was a great fight. Honestly, it's just, 
this is two weeks in a row of I think the the best two fights of the season two mm-hmm. weeks in a row. So hopefully you guys keep bringing it the last four weeks, and this is kind of fun. This is the way that the show should end. Hopefully close. This is building. Yeah. yeah. Better and better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, honestly, I look, I look at the, I look at this tournament as this. No one really cares what happens in. No one really cares what happens during the season. Um, it's when you're in the playoffs, do you win? When you make it to the Super Bowl, do you win? Uh, that's all people people remember. Um, so for us, you know, we're we're uh, we're a team built on character, uh, built on pride, built on a lot. And uh, for us, um, we're never down, we're never out, we never quit. And um, that's what we're here to prove, and we're going to show it. And uh, I'm excited for the the remaining fights. Uh, we're going to show true character, and we're going to show that fighting spirit. Hyder, who are who are the top three most influential people that you look up to right now, currently? On my team? No, in in the world. Um, I would say my parents, uh, just because of what they what they've been through. I mean, my uh, my parents are from Baghdad. You know, they're uh, they're, they're 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 from Baghdad, Iraq. Um, they 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 immigrated here in in seventy seven. Um, you know, they're self made. They're self successful. Um, my you know my dad's a physician uh, here in South Florida. Uh, my mom is a clinical psychologist, and uh, they worked hard from the bottom. Uh, nothing was given to them, you know. Um, in the Middle East, uh, my my dad's brother was actually hung by Saddam. Uh, so you know the turmoil that they've been through, um, and what what they believe in is um, is how I, is how I live my life. You know, I they're 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 definitely uh my most most uh major influences and uh because anything you want in life you have to work hard for it and my parents are living proof of that and uh as far as someone in the a third person that's pretty influential to me is um i would say muhammad ali i've always looked up to him just because of his character uh the type of person he is his belief and um you know his 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 will and his spirit you think this is the man that never in this, in this, in this sport, especially the fight game, you have to be your biggest fan. No one knows what you're capable of except yourself. So that's why I say oh, I'm the greatest. I'm this. I'm that because no one knows what I'm capable of. I know what I'm capable of. My parents, they, they think they know what I'm capable of. My coaches have an idea what I'm capable of, but only you really know what you're what you're made of. And um, that type of confidence that Ali had in himself. Is something that I um, I really look up look up to, and uh, just that, and, and and my parents and because what what they achieved uh, coming from nowhere, um, that that makes me that makes me the man I am. Well, that's incredibly inspirational. I feel inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I'm you for sharing all of that. Um, I have one quick uh, career question for you, buddy. You've got. Kazushi Sakuraba, known as the Gracie Killer. Chris Weidman's coming off of defeating four Brazilians. Some people call him the Brazilian Killer. You, you've gone through. Uh, you've had four wins against Black Zillion. You got it. You know, as you spoke on the on the show about being somewhat known as the Brazil, uh, Black Zillion Killer. You got to be looking forward to moving on from from that in your career, right? Honestly, I'm so I'm looking forward to just. Turn in the chapter, turn in the page. Yeah, uh, this is my fourth fight against them, um, and it's definitely not over. Um, so, I'm definitely looking looking at bigger bigger fish to fry. Um, nice. I, I want to go out there and put the final nail in the coffin uh, with with the Black Zillions. So whoever, whenever, wherever. But absolutely, <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to fighting bigger guys. Uh, but 
with that being said, I have to go out there and prove the man that I am, prove the fighter that I am, and I'm not going to overlook anybody on their team, and um, I'll be ready for any challenge. Hyder, thank you so much for taking time after practice to join us. We certainly appreciate you coming on the show again. Yeah, Congratulations man. on the win, and uh, best of luck in training. Uh, much love to you guys. It was my pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about my fight. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we love it. Well, best of luck the rest of the season as Always well. Always welcome back, man. Thank you. Uh, much have love good, to you guys. Thank have you. Have a good night. Take care. Good night. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a fan. Sorry. No, there's no apologies. Well, I'm a fan. There's no apologies. Look at she's looked yeah, right at me. No, I'm guilty. Because we... I'm guilty. <laughs> because you and I disagree on a lot of things lovingly. Yes. Um, and Hyder's grown on me. I, 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 I really... I like this fighter. Yeah, I, I, like I love. Don't get. Don't get things. Don't get things twisted. <laughs> don't no, get things, um, don't but get I, I love him. I, I love him in the ring. Yeah. Uh, and that's where I should like him. I like him as a yeah. stand-up fighter because that's something I get and understand. Uh, being a big boxing fan, so I love the way he fights. And every fight that he's that he had is, is you know, it's either been a knockout or there's blood or there's, and he just brings the action. Mm-hmm. So I love him. Yep. Uh, it's just some other, a few other I, things. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> We have to wrap this show up, this bad boy up. Did you guys have any final thoughts you wanted to add before we wrap up? I'm excited to see where he goes in his career. I think he's going to go so oh, yeah. far. So he has UFC written all over him. Oh yeah, completely from like day well, well, not day one for him, but like day one when we saw him fight in the show. He's sure. so far the standout guy in this yeah. uh, this mm-hmm. season. We're eight episodes in, and that's a lot of that's a lot of episode time to mm-hmm. to cover and to be the one that everyone talks about and has mm-hmm. their eye on. So you know, regardless of whatever happens between now and then. Um, right. Obviously, he's training hard. He's anticipating something coming up. Yeah. So I agree. He's got UFC written all over him. They can do a lot with him. He's mm-hmm. going to have to show and prove and step up his game fighting after this whole chapter is, is done. Right. But that's going to be fun to see. And people are I, – I get why people like him, why why you do. We all mm-hmm. do. He fights with emotion. He wears his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. And that's what people get behind. That's – that's what makes this sport and the people involved in it great. So, I like his inner strength that he gets from mm-hmm. his, you know, from being spiritual and mm-hmm. praying and everything that he does. Uh, to me, that is an asset yeah. when it comes to your mental game. And the fact it doesn't hurt that his mom's a, psycho- a psychologist. Or I'm something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that can't help. <laughs> like, yeah, it's got to help. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> Keep your I'm, head on. I'm definitely a fan for sure. And I again, I can't wait to see the rest of his story yeah. play out. Definitely. Well, you all, um, before we wrap up here, you can check, you can find us, of course, here at AfterBuzzTV.com. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're at YouTube. Um, be sure to check us out in all of those places. And Alexis Torres, tell us where everybody can find you. You can find me all over the interwebs as atorres890. Follow me on our sister network uh, where I talk about video games and geek news on Geek Nerd Tech. And also follow my vlogs as well on my YouTube channel. J-Tan. I'm giving up on social media. You can no longer find me oh, at JTan716. That's a you, lie. Yeah, it's, it's a lie. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> at Gilkerson Radio. You find me on Twitter. You know, throw it at me. That was very exciting, Jerry. <laughs> it was. I have a really good plug. I'm really good at plugging these days. <laughs> I love it. And you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, at Suri Serrano. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you especially to Haider Hassan. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, 
We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.